Michael. What? We're live. Okay. Not really live. We're recording. Okay. Mics are hot. Mics are hot. <laughs> Welcome to We'll Drink to That, guys. We got a guest with us today, not just Mike. Cheers. We got Ratchet Jesus. How's it going, gentlemen? Cheers. 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 So, uh, how'd, how'd you come up with the name Ratchet Jesus? Well, back in the day, I used to go by uh, Dirty Curb, and one of my things is I had like nine aliases, right? And I let my friends pick a few, and one of my buddies, he was like, you look like Jesus, but way more ratchet. <laughs> and uh, I started, I was like, man, that should be one of my one of my AKAs. And then um, I was going through, and I kind of had a little bit of success as Dirty Curb with the Dirty Curb video. And then uh, I did, like, my internet stats, uh-huh. and I got them all back, and like 40,000 people had searched for my name and spelled it wrong. And I was like, yeah, I need to go ahead and probably change my name to something that, like, you know, you can be like, hey, Siri, play artist. Because uh, you can't say play artist Dirty Curb. And uh, so I, I was going through and you activated my Siri. Hey. <laughs> uh, Siri always, only listens to me, I think. Everybody's does. But uh, and then I was going through this process, trying to pick a new name, a new moniker, a new stage name. And uh I was going through, and I almost went with, like, three other things, but uh, one of my buddies was like, no, you should use Ratchet Jesus, and I was like, ah, I don't know. I think it might piss people off, but... Fuck them. Fuck them. And then I, uh, I I went ahead and went with Ratchet Jesus. I released my first song as it, and within two weeks, I got death threats. No shit. And I was like... This is the one. No We're shit. sticking with it. Those Christians are some really loving people. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny because they were from like some dude in Alabama and he was like a proud boy. And he was like, you think you can take the Lord's name in vain? And I'll show you the real Jesus. Matter of fact, I'll bring my desert eagle and I'll show you Rambo Jesus. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, man, I live in Wyoming. I don't think you know this, but there's way more firearms than people right. here. Guns don't scare me anymore. No shit. <laughs> and, uh, all them, yeah. fuck, all them guys that are like, like associated with the Proud Boys, I don't think they even understand how Proud Boys came about. Oh. It was uh, Gavin McGinnis. He's a, he used to be part of uh, the fuck's that uh, newspaper. Anyways, he's from Canada. And he started this, this, this Proud Boys as a joke. I mean, it was all a joke. Like, they were like talking like how gay they are and everything else like that. And then, of course, you let in a few people and they take over and make it is, you know, something yeah. way more than it needs to be. Right. And uh, I don't know, it was, uh, and then, you know, it was just, I grew up really religious. Um, in that same week, I got death threats. My mom told me she hopes God smites me. Really? And, uh, I mean, semi-tongue-in-cheek, I'd imagine. Yeah. Mom still loves me. Shut <laughs> <up mom. laughs> um, but, yeah, and it, it just kind of stuck, and then I started getting some traction, and now I get recognized more as Ratchet Jesus than I do as Kirby, so, huh. I mean, that was kind of the goal. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Yeah, so working with it. Where have all you like toured and stuff? Um, well, I've played. Mm, let's see, we got Colorado a bunch, Wyoming a bunch, um, Utah, California. Um, Utah let you go in there? Oh, dude, Salt Lake. <laughs> Salt Lake is. I've played twice, three shows, two times. Um, Salt. And that was that was back in the day when I was a nowhere kid. But Salt Lake is underrated city. Like, there's so many Mormons and Catholics there that are like super strict and conservative that the counterculture of that city is just yeah 
insane. Hmm. Like we played a they like we did a battle of the bands out there, and we won it, and then we didn't get paid. And then this other this girl just like was like, "Hey, you guys were awesome. We're doing a hip hop show tonight. You want to come play?" And I was like, "Well, we're here. Yeah, let's go do it." And it was a packed bar, like 400 people. It was wild. There was mosh pits going on during our set, like free tattoos, weed everywhere. It was, Salt Lake's a fun time, man. It's it's underrated on yeah. the uh, on the music scene. Then Mormons really know how to get down to party. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing is those Mormons, you know, when they get repressed their whole lives and stop being Mormon, they get pretty fucking wild. Oh, they get I mean, a little, <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed to cuss on? Oh, oh for yeah. it. Okay, perfect. You might hear, you might catch me dropping a couple faggot bombs and retard bombs. Well, I mean, look, I, as long as I don't get you know canceled, I don't I don't really care. No, you should. <laughs> <laughs> our uh, our fan base is pretty. Well, they're a little wild. Yeah, I like it. So, I'm a little wild, so. Nine out of ten times, we're both on the verge of blackout doing this. So anything. Hey, I mean, it's early today. They don't know this, but if we black out before one, like, <laughs> we're going to have to bust out tequila. So. <laughs> I, that could possibly come to happen. <laughs> Gold only. I, I, I can't drink clear liquor. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Now, clear liquor and me have a complicated relationship. I usually get naked, actually. Nice. And then I'm hungover. If I drink whiskey, I just black out. <laughs> so it's gold tequila for me. Like, I'll drink beer, seltzer, whatever. You know what I mean? I don't right. know what I'm sipping on. But if I'm taking shots, well, this, I, I, this cocksucker over here, yeah. <laughs> he got a Crown XO. Oof. And I don't like Crown. I'm a Jameson guy, Irish. <sighs> and I took a shot of that, and it, it, I was calling dinosaurs. Oh, man. Me and whiskey have a complicated relationship. Like, I love whiskey. I actually love bourbon. Like good twenty year old bourbon. It's like yeah. It's like water. But uh I black out. Like the higher temp the whiskey, the quicker I black out. Like Jack Daniels, uh third shot. Done. I'm out. Done. Like I don't know what I did that rest of that night at all. <laughs> and Crown and Pendleton take me a little longer to get there, but it happens eventually. Yeah. That Canadian shit, that's for the birds. <sighs> I can't Can- do it. You know that Canadian shit's like moonshine sometimes. Ugh. They say 80 proof, but I don't fucking know. I, I thought this, I remember this, that XO tasting a lot better than what it did. Mm. <laughs> I used to like it, and I haven't had whiskey in a couple years outside Fireball. Mm. Uh, him being <sighs> a celiac is the reason why we drink so many seltzers around here. Hey, it happens. Back and to I, tequila, I, you know what I mean? Right? No gluten. We, we, we were on that, we were on that about a month or so ago, right. tequila kick. Secret is no lime, right? People f- screw this up. This is what I learned... Two useful things in college, getting three degrees. The first of which is that gold tequila is the only alkaline liquor. All other liquor is acidic, right? So when you mix it with limes, you cause a chemical reaction in your stomach, which is why most people get wild or get really sick on tequila. Because they're mixing it with sugar or limes. Your body produces acid when you put sugar into it to break it down. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and your clear tequila is 100% agave. That's all sugar. Yeah. I like sugar. I know you do. Do you know how you make gold tequila? I don't know how to make anything. You <laughs> age silver tequila, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, like there's no such thing as good <laughs> silver tequila. Most people actually think they hate tequila because of Patron. Right. It's that bad. Like the Reposado's not bad, but Patron Silver is not something you should be drinking in large amounts. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was doing that Terramonte or whatever it is. The yeah, one Terramonte? Yeah, the, the, the one that rocks, yep. Yeah, that's pretty delicious, the Reposado. is. got a little black pepper hint. I'm a little bit of a tequila snob. Yeah. <laughs> I've been drinking this long enough now to where, like... You got it figured out. I connoisseur it. You know, you get the, the notes of black pepper, and you got it. 
get it all. I had this shit in Illinois. It was like Diablo something. It was about two hundred dollars a shot. I mean, the guy I was partying with, we we polished the bottle off, but it was it was some really good shit. Mm. And it was a uh, Raspiato. It was a good time. We ended up getting kicked out of the bar for smoking inside. So we started smoking cigars. Oh, you know, well, you're I mean, out in Wyoming, that's fine, right? Or well. I don't know if you guys have out-of-state listeners, but let me just tell y'all, out-of-state, we still smoke in bars in Wyoming. We're, we're uh, actually really popular in Germany. <laughs> Germany, huh? <laughs> yeah. Damn. We, we've, we've got our uh, our Brussels friend there must have been telling people to listen because our numbers in Germany have gone up quite a bit. Oh, Germany. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey. It has to be an IPN. <laughs> all you Germans out there listening, like, bring Ratchet Jesus over. I'm trying no to shit. get an overseas tour popping. Like, we, uh, we actually have a, like, uh, this is kind of, Dumb, like clowny to say, but we actually have it downloaded every country in Europe. Nice. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Well, apparently we're good entertainment for the Europeans, so we uh, might as well give things a Fuck it. They want us they want to yeah. come over and do a live show. I'll be more than happy to do it. Listen to these stupid Americans. <laughs> See how drunk they get. <laughs> like, I actually been to Germany uh, for like two days. When I was 18, I went to Europe for the summer and like landed in Frankfurt. And uh, we actually got delayed, so I ended up just getting drunk in the airport at 17 years old. That's the best. Which <laughs> That is the fucking best. It was wonderful. I uh, don't remember flying to Spain. I remember waking up in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, the Germans definitely know how to party. Fuck yeah. And it kind of spoiled me for American beer, I think, honestly. That's, I drink Heineken normally, but, like... Yeah, I can't. I've never been able to drink Bud Light. I, I can't go. When I was drinking beer, once I got on the dark beers, I couldn't go back to the American beers. It's not even just dark beer. It's all of it. It's like their pale ales are good. Over Like when I was in Spain, every city has their own beer, right, that they're like super proud of. Like when we were in Barcelona, it's a Estrella Dam. And they do this one because it's hot as shit. Barcelona is a whole city surrounded by beach. Mm-hmm. And you just like walk from bar to club along the beach. And it's like 110 degrees and. You get these lemonade beers that they make there out of the Estrella Dom. They don't use water. They use lemonade to, like, brew it. I'd be all over that. Well, that, that lemonade helps the fermentation of the beer, of the alcohol mm-hmm. in it. That, all that extra sugar and fruit. Holy uh-huh. shit, though. Is it refreshing on a oh, hot fuck day? Yeah. I'm a sucker when it comes to any kind of lemonade. You want to kidnap me? Just pull up with the lemonade van. <laughs> Y'all can't see my girl over there raising her hand like, yeah. <laughs> She's beautiful, but you wouldn't be able to tell by the amount of water she doesn't drink. She. <laughs> <laughs> lemonade it's crazy i'd be like 400 pounds i don't understand it that's like my wife she it, we had to start drinking liquid iv for her to start drinking water <laughs> so we got liquid iv coming out of her fucking ears oh man i drink i like water like i like drinking too but i don't ever have a drink until i've gotten at least a half gallon of water right. into me that day like, yeah i'm a pretty big water drinker i like, love it this is my official water cup <laughs> so nobody steals it's pink Right. Orange, whatever you want to call it. It's like a coral. Yeah, there you like go. Like a nice coral. I don't know. So what did you go to college for? Um, well, I got my first degree here in Gillette uh, in just applied sciences, my associates. And then I went to Laramie, and I got uh, my degree in criminal justice with a minor in psychology. Fuck yeah. Damn. And, uh, planning on going to law school. Right on. So I want to have one job eventually. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just one? Just one. Like where I can like do one thing on my taxes where it's just like, right. here you go. Fuck my taxes. But, uh, no, I, I, uh, 
I don't know. I, I came to that late as well. Right. College thing. I'm 33 now. I just graduated last year with my bachelor's. Still. And uh, came came to college late, and here we are, 36 and 37. <laughs> hey, it's never too late. I made it one semester. And uh, the thing is, like, if you got kids, you can get paid to go to school. And, oh yeah. Like, especially if you're not going, if you just like, if you have no college at all, and you go to like the community college, your financial aid check's going to be real nice if you have kids. Everyone out there, get an education. Knowledge is power. Money See? is not the issue, I promise. And if money is the issue, just get pregnant. Right. <laughs> and then you can go to get paid to go to school. <laughs> well, you know, the, sing- someone up. the single mothers really get quite a bit. Like, we were told when my, my wife's going back to school through uh, University of Phoenix, and that her uh, uh, student person, whatever the fuck they call him, he's the like, advisor? yeah, he's like, if you guys were, if you weren't uh, married, and then you, we'd be able to get you like through college. Cheap. Oh yeah, and I mean like, look, everyone out there, if you're thinking about it, do it. Go talk to your local community college financial aid department. They'll put your mind at ease. I promise. You'll be like, wait a minute, I have to do this for how many hours a week, and you're gonna give me a check? Cool. Yeah, I got kicked out of every college I went to. Well, I mean, I definitely flunked out my first time when I was in my yeah. early twenties. Yeah. I was having too much fun. Yeah, they, I had uh, I went to Sheridan for a little bit. And when we had uh, dorm room parties and the RA finally shut it down and they said that I'm no longer allowed to be <laughs> a member of Sheridan Community College. I hope you got that good crack on there. That was a perfect one. Just... I think it registered. I got you turned up quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I loved college, honestly. It was uh, – I wasn't ready when I was younger. Right. That's why I flunked out. You know what I mean? I wasn't – I didn't – care about education but then I, I became a father it's one of the other reasons I stopped going um and I just you know priority shift in life but then my kid went back to school and I was just when he went to school I was bored right <laughs> it's like what do I do now um but yeah no I I I, I really believe in education I think so do you think you could uh you could do most of your education through YouTube um yes actually i think skills can be acquired through any source. I think knowledge and skills are like anything else. Uh, my degree was a piece of paper that justified all my student loans that I paid off. But right. um, you can learn from anywhere. Like knowledge and sk- skills take practice. Knowledge takes effort. And I don't know. If you can do, like, we live in Wyoming, you know what I mean, where it's a blue-collar state. How many people we do we know that have skilled labor jobs that nobody else can do, and they have a 11th grade education, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's all about, it's not It's not about the paper, it's about the actual knowledge gained, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I, when, I, when I got kicked out of college, I was in, like, I had a lot of criminal problems, constant DUIs and fighting cops and shit like that. Mm. So I went in, I felt <laughs> Fighting back. cops. Just, let's uh, brush by that just part. The, the normal stuff. I just swung, <laughs> it's fine. Well... There's a we were we were in a in a town in Wyoming. I can't say, but uh, as your as your future lawyer, I advise you not to. But, uh, <laughs> we were we were partying pretty hard at this hotel, and we're where it's where the hot springs are at. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this other group of dudes showed up, and they started shit with us. And I was on probation, not even supposed to be around alcohol. So I said, "Fuck it, I'm going back to my room." You know, stumbled back to my room and. Somebody was knocking on the fucking door, and I was like, you know, just leave me the fuck alone, whatever. Well, it was the cops, but they never announced themselves, kicked the door on top of me, 
I, you know, being blackout drunk, reached around and grabbed the first person that was there and just went to beating the shit out of him. Oh, yeah, you're reacting at that point. And then I was in handcuffs, tased, pepper sprayed, (laughs) told I was going to do prison time and this and that. I'm like, man, just over a beer. (laughs) Just over a beer. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't live in Wyoming, just so you know, our cops here, very bored. Very, very bored. They don't have a lot to do. Um, So, yeah, they kick college students' dorms. (laughs) It's a good time. It was a good time, but uh, but I fell back on. I grew up in a welding shop. My dad had a welding company here, mm. so I fell back on my welding. You know, I was yeah. I was raised there, and so like the guys would get bored and they'd have me build like cannons and shields and stupid shit like that and blow stuff up, you know. And so I fell back on that, and that was only supposed to be temporary. So I actually wanted to go finish my degree in hospitality management and culinary arts, yeah. and but the money sucked me in because Camel County, there's so much money for labored skills oh yeah you know so i mean shit just uh where i work my wife doesn't really have to work because i work i work there overtime you know there's there's the hours there but i really wish i would have pulled my shit together like you i was was 18 you know and they expected me to show up and do this and that and like it's for the birds you know i was 18 i couldn't focus on anything but the way like booties jiggled as they walked across the right like i no i was not i wasn't I had no, like, when you, before you have, like, things in life, like kids and responsibilities, and you actually see the the repercussions of your actions long term, like. Yeah, it wasn't worth it. You can't, I, when I was 18, 19, you could not tell me a fucking thing about right. the world. Like, <laughs> not, a, I don't even care if you're, like, I could have been sitting in a lecture from Stephen Hawking right. and been like, are you sure? You know what I mean? Well, I, it didn't work out for you, so I'm going to try it. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, that, that's the problem with being an adolescent and, like, them putting that much pressure on a person. Like, I, I really believe, like, kids, because I, I got two boys. My oldest will be going to college in five years, but I really hope that he's, because uh, he's really smart. Like, I don't know. I think it's a milkman's baby. but <laughs> I don't know if this one's mine, but. <laughs> he actually is like me, but the intelligence that he has, I hope he gets all the scholarships and shit, you know. Mm. But I really would like him to go take the first until he's like 22, go fuck off, go do, go, <laughs> go do fuck whatever. up. Yeah, go do, get your shit out of your system now, and then take the time and go focus on your school. Well, I mean, it, it really depends on the kid, I guess. Like my brother, my older brother, he was the dude that breezed right through college, handled yeah. it all, had his degree, started a million dollar business when he was 22, sold it, then went to law school. Yeah. But I don't know. I, it wasn't for me, for right. sure. I should have taken a year off. Right. I was playing college football. I, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty big dude, you know what I mean? And when I was, you know, 18, 19, I was like, I'm, I'm going to make the NFL. Right. I'm going to work hard enough. I'm going to – nope. <laughs> <laughs> I got this is my sophomore year of college, and I was like, you know what? You're just a little bit bigger and faster. Fuck the NFL. I got. I started hitting dudes that were my size and bigger than me, and I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> I don't want to do this forever. For sure not. Right. Uh, and I went to Laramie, and that's when, you know, became a dad, partied out. Right. All that. Because actually, college football kind of kept me on the, like, we had to, we had mandatory homework time after right. practice where they'd keep us in the classroom and be like, now sit down and do your fucking homework. And I was like, ah, all right. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, because I, I had a chance to go play at uh, uh, Missoula, and then I fucked up my shoulders really bad, and they pulled my scholarship from me. 
Okay. That, that's where I, I started going down. Well, and that's why. I, well, I took. I went. I played at Dakota Wesley in, in okay. Mitchell, South Dakota. Yep. Shouts to Mitchell. It's one of the uh, most boring towns. Only town more boring I've ever lived in than Gillette. So, shouts to Mitchell. It was so boring that we had way too much fun. It's not um, like Powell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just little. There's like it's big enough to have like restaurants and like a Walgreens, but in the one bar. The one, oh, there's three now. Oh. There's three in Mitchell, yeah. And uh, I won't say which one for also legal reasons, but they used to let me in underage as a football star. So. <laughs> but uh, that. Oh, it was a great time. Like I said, I don't remember much of college the first time. Yeah, the first time. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't think I ever got into a bar underage. Well, you're also a little bitch, too. I am. It was the only bar I've ever <laughs> been into underage was that one for legal reasons we won't mention in Mitchell. That I was like, I, I started as a freshman when I was there. Like, Mitchell's a tiny town and Dakota Wesleyan's a tiny school. Right. Like, it, I, I knew everybody on campus in a month. Right. Like, every single soul. And, uh, just like Powell. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, so we, us Dakota Wesleyan Tigers were kind of a big deal back then. So, is Mitchell that Corn Palace place? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I the remember. Corn it. Palace. <laughs> it was, oh man, the Corn Palace. It's the only thing that plays. It's honestly like a crazy nice building. What like, is it? It's a. It's they got a basketball court. Like it's a concert hall. It's a convention center. Like it's a whole arena. Right. Wow. I, I assumed it was some kind of museum or something. Oh, I mean, it I is always described by it. And what the why well, it's called the Corn Palace is because they they have this giant mural space, right? It's like two hundred and fifty feet long mm. on the side of this building, and they make giant art murals out of corn there's no paint hmm. just different shades of corn <laughs> and the, like honestly it's amazing like when you see him like actually go do it and you're like that's gonna be dumb and then you come back two weeks later and it's that's... shit with corn <laughs> so all i gotta play with was macaroni <laughs> oh, I know. They, they took macaroni art to a whole nother level in Mitchell's. That, that's how boring Mitchell, South Dakota is. They got time to put corn up as art. Corn is art. <laughs> and it's like on point, too. Yeah. Like you can look and see exactly what they made out of corn and cobs. Like it's not like little pieces of corn. It's like corn. Like they take the whole cob, stack them up into like this giant mural that makes a freaking. It's cool. Jeez. Honestly. It's the most Midwestern thing you can possibly imagine. <laughs> and it's also a good spot to stop and take a leak. You're going to be taking that drive from here to Illinois. See, I always stop in Sioux Falls. Oh, Sioux, Sioux City. Falls. That was where we used to stop when I lived in Douglas. But now we make it to somewhere. And we made it to La Crosse last time. Honestly, the drive across South Dakota is the worst drive in the history of mankind. I just like that you can go 80 on it. Well, you can yeah, go 80 hit. the whole state in Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. I if I'm going east, like once you get into Wisconsin, then it goes to 75, then you get 55, into or Minnesota, 55. then Wisconsin, and it just keeps on dropping. Well, see, that's because we're used to Wyoming roads where you have to follow the speed limit. Like when you get into metro areas, the speed limit is however fast everyone's yeah. going. Oh yeah, I've passed so many cops like driving on the interstate in Michigan, and we're all going 90. They can't and pull the cops, us all over, man. Like just waiting for someone to crash. <laughs> Denver, so you know. You have to fuck up really bad to get pulled over in Denver with Wyoming plates. Like, really 150. Good. I've passed cops going well over 100 miles an hour on the Denver freeways. Really? Oh, yeah. Because this is the thing. Uh, in the last two years, another thing, 
about Wyoming that drives me insane. Uh, in two years, so 2022 and 2021, the state of Colorado corrected a billion dollars in taxable revenue from Wyoming residents off of marijuana sales. A <laughs> billion dollars in two years. Off of the smallest state in the union, right? A billion dollars in tax new revenue, taxable revenue could do our state wonders. Well, it's just like they started the lottery to pay for schools and half that money doesn't even go to the fucking schools. But yeah, so what it is is they don't pull over Wyoming residents because they know the state of Colorado is getting our money anyway. Right. <laughs> just wait till you get to that state line and let them deal with you. Like, I've, I've ran red lights in front of cops in Denver and they're just like... Nope, don't care. Like, fully random. Like, not like, uh, it's still kind of, yeah. no, no, no. Like, ran that light. I, I lost my license plates down there off my pickup, and they mailed them back to me. I'm saying. In yeah. Wyoming, they charging you again. Right. They're like, you know what? No, mm-mm. That's another 25 bucks for license plates. Shit, for, they might even charge you for tags again in this state. I uh, wouldn't put it past them. Uh, when I went to go, when I seen my license plate off the front bumper fell off, I'm like, great, somebody probably got it, you know. Pulled it off because it was just handed on by, by sheer like, like, by hope. By hope, yeah. It's just hanging on by hope at this point. So when I lost it, I'm like, fuck. So I got back to town and it was 25 bucks for one fucking license plate for somebody to get up out of her chair and grab me a license plate. Here? Yeah. And then two weeks later, my license plate showed up in the mail. (laughs) I love Wyoming, man. A bunch of crooked motherfuckers is what they are. Yeah. But we um, don't pay we don't pay in, uh, state, state income, income tax. tax. Property taxes are fairly decent. You know? They get it back. Oh yeah. Oh, they get it back. Oh yeah. By you know, the only not, thing... not sharing their revenues with their populace. Right. Well, the only thing that, that kills me is the amount of money they're making off of the the drug bus, the marijuana stops, and the mushroom stops. And I, I see. I get meth. I get meth because meth is a pretty fucked up drug. But something that grows in the ground, let's let's fucking leave it alone. Well, so this is my thing, right? And this is the other part that people are ignoring about arresting drug users and even traffickers, right? If they're trafficking through our state, say like the dude on 50 who just got busted with 300 pounds of kush, right? Heading to fucking a legal state to sell it, but he's going to do 10 years in Wyoming prison and we're going to pay at least 100 grand per year as taxpayers. So we're going to pay a million dollars the taxpayers are to lock this dude up. This one man is going to, we're going to pay a million dollars over a 10 year period. I remember a couple years ago, someone got pulled over on 4J and they had a shitload of weed and they were, there was a selling thing, but they were going like, they pulled more for speeding like 50 in that 35. Mm-hmm. Like if you know you have that stuff in your car, Go the fucking speed limit. Oh, well, it's I mean, I've, hard. <laughs> I've been to jail in Gillette on that same spot on 50 because they ch- constantly change the speed zones. So now it's 55, it's 70, right? And then for like seven miles now, it's 55 coming into town on Highway 50. Jeez. That's a fucking trap. That's a trap. You're going to make me drive 55 miles an hour for the next seven miles into town. Right. And I didn't even see the sign because I wasn't looking for it. And. Got me right to... Actually, I beat that case. Shouts to my lawyer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they uh, pulled me over and arrested me for an empty container. No shit. Yeah. Now, if, they, if they really wanted to, I shouldn't say this because I drive 59 all the time, but if they really wanted to, they could have a DUI stop right there coming over the hill over Hanks. Not in Wyoming. That's illegal. You can't stop right. everybody. But South Dakota, you can. 
You can stop every single car on the road and make them blow. Yeah, but like they're the amount of drunk drivers that are on 59 every night, every day. It is crazy. Well, I'm not even worried you know, so much about the drunk drivers in Wyoming because they're probably better drivers when they're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no. The three times I got hit. If I don't make it back by the time you guys leave, it's nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. He's got to go get his vagina looked at. <laughs> it happens. It happens. You need some Vagisil. Stop at Walgreens. They I got. My glove box. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the only thing he keeps in his glove box. <laughs> Back to Wyoming. Right? Oh. <laughs> Gets lonely out here. Sometimes the sheep look pretty good. Look, we live in a town of Gillette. Y'all don't know this. Maybe you do. I don't know. But we live in a town that is 70% male. Well, Gillette is. Casper's not so bad anymore. Yeah, that's true. But it's a working town, right? So that means there is literally two boys for every girl in Gillette. <laughs> Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if y'all knew, some of y'all know, but if y'all knew how funny that joke was in Gillette, you'd be laughing your asses off, frankly. Well, you know, sometimes it just, that's what it takes. I want, it's my turn at the good hole. Switch! Um, but yeah. I don't know. We, uh, man, I don't even know. This is my, this is my second podcast ever. Yeah. yeah. Second one ever. But you're always, you're used to being in front of a microphone. That's, That's what true. A lot of people always tell me, like, I invite them on. They're like, well, I'll get afraid of the microphone. I don't know what to say. It's like, we're, we're, me and Mike and I are pretty laid back. So, like, anything we want to talk about, we talk about. Right. We have one rule. We just don't use the big N word, you know. As you shouldn't. So, everything else is free game. Free game. You, you want to say faggot, say faggot. You know, I don't give a shit. I actually uh, have this thing where I don't think we should let words hurt us ever. Exactly. But I also understand the power of words. Um, I do my best, and this is my best, to keep my cussing and foul words not at people. Right. Right? At concepts, at things, at corporations. Fuck corporations. Like, fuck Walmart. But, like... I was I was a late bloomer. Like, I was the fat kid in school until my sophomore year. And then I grew, like, eight inches and hit puberty, and everything was fine, right? But, like, I know how bad words hurt people, so I just try and, like, rein mine in. Yeah. Even with stupid people, but like, which is hard. I never really direct <laughs> my, my, my words at people. It's like, I'll call Mike a fag just because it's funny. Right, right. You know? Uh, but that's the problem is there like the this woke cor- this woke society has taken little things and made them mountains. Oh, I agree a thousand percent. I don't think, like I said, I don't think people should be held to let's say the standard of the law right. by their words because like we're emotional beings. We say things when we're angry. We say things when we're happy. We like that aren't necessarily appropriate. And sometimes joy misguides v- words. Sometimes anger misguides words. Like right. Unless you have been sworn in under oath and you're sitting in a courtroom, your words mean as much as you want them to, to you, right? I have fully been a victim of people taking things the wrong way. Not a victim, that's the wrong word. But I've been accused of things by people taking my words the wrong way. Um, And I hate that. Right. Actually. Well, like I, I've taught my boys, and I slowly getting this beaten to my wife. That's probably not the best way to say that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not held accountable for your feelings. Also true. So, 
however that makes you feel, that's between you and Jesus. Well, that's, that's between you guys to figure out how you guys are going to work through that. It's not my responsibility to come in and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. The, you know, right. It's, it's your responsibility to work through that. Well, and as a human, like, if you're counting on other people's words and actions for your own happiness and right. personal well-being and fucking general, <laughs> yeah, just general happiness. Like, if you're counting on other people for that, you're going to be sad. Right. All the time. Oh, yeah. Because, like, people suck. And it's not even necessarily all of our faults. Like, we're all busy. We all have shit going on in our right. lives. Like, we all, every single one of us makes promises we can't keep. Right. And so, like, if if you're expecting your general, like, how your day goes to go by other people, it's going to be a bad day every single day. Right. Um, and say, like, we don't... We don't have thick skins anymore. Oh. Everything cuts you with a knife. You know, like I was raised, like I was saying, I was raised in a, in a welding shop. So, and I was a fat kid when I was little. You know, I had the man tits. You know, everybody was, they bring fucking bras for me. Like, hey, fat ass, put this on. Oh, yeah. So, like, you got, I, got, I grew thicker skin because of it, and I think it made me a better person. Yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty vicious what they were saying to a seven-year-old, but fuck it. I turned, I turned out pretty decent. Well, I was the youngest kid. I had an older brother, so yeah, no. Um, I fully, like... I didn't grow up in a welding shop, but I have older brother and right. older cousins and toughen up. Yeah. You got to a little bit, especially cause I don't know. The world isn't kind. Well, no, that's, that's, what that's, that's what I'm tra- teaching my boys is, you know, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be your biggest critic. I'm going to be the one that's going to be the hardest to make happy, I guess. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I will still love you and I will still encourage you to do the right things. Right. I tell my son the same thing. Like, I'm not hard on you because I hate you. I'm hard on you because I know you can do better. My favorite thing to say to my boys is I don't have to like you, but I will love you. So however you want to make that work for you is how you're going to make it work. I mean, Maki is pretty cool. It's hard to not like him. Right. Well, (laughs) But it's like we wake up during the summertime, we'll wake up and we have a set of chores that we're going to do before it gets hot. Right. And then once our chores are done, we'll go fuck off. But if they're going to sleep in all day and lollygag and not get their fucking chores done, well, it's 100 degrees outside. Sorry, bitch. Go pick up the fucking dog shit. You could have done it at 830 in the morning or it was 70 degrees. Right. You know? (laughs) Well, we want to get in the pool. I don't care what you want to do. Go pick up the dog shit. Shouts to dogs, but I really don't miss picking up dog shit. Uh, That's why I got kids. (laughs) Free labor. Free labor. For all you kids listening out there, (laughs) that's why we had you. Free labor. And tax write off. Oof, the tax, the tax, child tax credit, please. It's glorious. I need that shit. Right. It's like I keep telling the wife, maybe should I have one more. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, that's I'm what, done. That's what we said. Well, I got, I got <laughs> ten more years, and my kids are out of my fucking house. You know? Saying you're halfway done yeah. at least. So why, why fuck it up now? Thirty-seven. Right. My wife's thirty. We were on our way to ten years. I'll be forty-seven. Buy an RV. Get the fuck out of here. Go somewhere where it's never winter. Exactly. Also, for those of you who aren't here, it's, you know, it was negative 15 today. Yeah. We got two blizzards right in a row. Just back to back. Move to Wyoming, they said. Great gun laws. No state taxes. Are you originally from Gillette? Nah. I I was born in a little place called Hedinger, North Dakota. Hey. I know Hedinger. It's a little speck. We actually lived in Lemon, South Dakota. Mm Mm-hmm. Right across the railroad tracks from Orange, North Dakota. But my family's originally from, uh, um, well, originally from the south, like Lafayette, Shreveport, Louisiana. 
Um, then they moved to the Midwest. My mom grew up a Midwestern farm girl. My dad was grew up in Nebraska as a farm boy. Um, and then I moved to Wyoming. We moved to Wyoming when I was like one. I grew up in KC for the most part. Okay. KC, Wyoming. Now you talk about another podunk. Oh, man. Uh, 250 people, tops, depending on the day. Um, all my friends owned big-ass ranches. Mm-hmm. So it was like, honestly, an ideal place to grow up. If you've never lived in a small, small, tiny little town in your life, like, life's different. It's still kind of old school. Like, if you got caught by the cops, they brought you home to your parents and right. made you tell them. <laughs> Like, that doesn't happen anywhere else. No. And, like, I don't know, we had, like, the times growing up in a tiny little town. Uh, Shouts to the Ledoux family and Chris Ledoux. Rest in peace. Um, Honestly, that was what kind of shaped me into, like, who I am Mm -hmm. and my love for music because we had live music every weekend in KC. Like, street dances all summer. Well, KC days is a blast. Oh, yeah. Well, it didn't even used to be like that. That (laughs) KC days used to be... Chris Ledoux surprising us all with Western Thunder on the back of a flatbed trailer <laughs> at the Casey Street Dance in front of the Invasion Barn Grill with like 125 of the 250 people that lived in down there. And it was, uh, but I mean, getting to see like real live music, like real yeah. live music, it was, uh, it's probably one of the most impactful memories of my youth. And uh, it's when I knew. That I, this is what I wanted to do. Right. I wanted to make music. I wanted to not necessarily even be the one on stage, even though live music is uh, it's a rush and, and a, an adrenaline high like no other, like playing on stage. I knew I wanted to be the one that like made the music. That like, even if you know, I only end up at this with ten fans. Right. Right. Those ten people will be bumping my shit forever. Mm-hmm. And, like, their kids will know my songs. Like, those words will echo. Like, your legacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a permanent legacy. And it's honestly, um, it's, like, one of the only, you know, like, when you do things in life, like, we all do things that we don't have to. Mm-hmm. But there are those things that, like, we would go out of our way to do. Yep. And there's not very many of those things. Like, music is the thing that. Uh, writing, recording, making music, performing music, all of it. I will pick those things over 99.9% of the things in my life. Right. Like, I would rather, I, as much as I love a party, I would rather spend a night in the studio. Right. Or, you know, like, that's kind of the beautiful thing about live music is it's a party too. Right. So but, do, you, do you have, like, a like a ritual before you go on stage? Or, like, do you have... <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, shouts to alcohol because um i uh actually get stage fright oh yeah i know you just met me it's kind of hard to believe but i have every time i've tried to perform stone sober i have completely froze up like can't remember anything i can't can't remember the lyrics that i wrote i can't nothing and uh yeah no i uh Stage fright was like that first thing. I think it goes back to probably me being the fat kid growing up. But I, uh, I performed for the first time on stage when I was, oh shit, I was fourth grade, so eleven, 
And um, I knew then, because I had, it wasn't alcohol when I was 11, but like I knew I was afraid of it. And for the, back then, I had a, a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> and the cheeseburger chilled me out. And uh, I got up and I, I did the, the school talent show and everything was fine, you know? And then I went from there to like theater and I did like the school play and stuff. And that's not even close to as terrifying as music, let me tell you. Um, there are two scary things on stage. One of them is being a vocalist. And one of them is the most scary thing ever is stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody says. I have more respect for stand-up comedians than any other form of entertainer, including musicians. And I have a lot of respect for musicians. Uh, stand-up comedy is the most terrifying thing anyone can ever do. I've done it twice. Went one for two. Froze in the middle of my first one. Had a great second one. But, yep, that's the, that's the ritual. Three shots of tequila. Three shots. <laughs> Three shots, not too drunk, because I don't want to be too wild, because when I get too wild, my mouth gets, like we were saying, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. my mouth gets to going, and I say some things I probably shouldn't, but uh, especially when you're on a mic in front of hundreds of people, like, right. you kind of want to... <laughs> kind of stay to the script. Rain it in a little, right. you know? Um, but, yeah, that's the that's the ritual. Three shots of tequila. I, uh, I got to make sure I've had, like, a couple drinks before I get on stage every time. I also, um, whenever I'm driving to a show out of state, I don't rehearse the day of the show. Like, I'll, if it's like when we're going to Cali, right? I, the whole day before, I rehearsed in the car, rehearsed my whole set three, four times, knew it, and then relax. Because, like, no amount of rehearsal is going to save you right. an hour before a show. Right. So, like, the best thing you can do is relax, take a few shots, and get ready to perform. Get your mind right. Get my mind right. Um, exactly. Maybe, you know, depending on where I am for legal reasons. Like, if I'm in Colorado or Montana, you smoke a little dube. If you're in Wyoming, you smoke a Delta 8 beforehand. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's... I, I like to try and relax as much as possible. Right? So, what's your uh, writing process? <sighs> that is a complicated question. Because writing... Um, I never really know. Like, I do my best writing, especially when it's, like, just me on a song, mm -hmm. by myself, locked away, headphones on, no one around. Um, but also, like, <clears throat> as, a, as a rapper, I do a lot of collaboration work. Um, and sometimes, not all the time, depending on who I'm working with, I like to be in the studio with them. Like, we can write the verses together, yeah. play off each other. Um, like EP, shouts to EP. I just did did one for his album a couple days ago. And it's, it's kind of outside my comfort zone to write that way. Because like I said, 90% of the time, I'd rather be <clears throat> at my home studio, headphones on, in my chair. Right. Like, no distractions. Because that way, that's when I write, my best songs, in my opinion, I guess, have all been, like on my new album, um, Song's called Pause. I wrote that entire song in 12 years. In <laughs> now, 12 years? I wrote um, a line from the hook a long time ago that always stuck with me, and I never got to use it in anything. Uh -huh. And then I heard this beat that I was going through the album, and I was just like, man. Found it. Found it. And then from that one line, I wrote the rest of that song in 20 minutes. Damn. Done. Like, I recorded... 
I, from that one line I wrote uh, in 2000, so it wasn't 12 years ago, it was 2013, mm-hmm. so 10 years ago, or t- t- nine at that point. Um, I wrote the rest of that song in 20 minutes, and I had the entire three and a half minute song, or whatever it is, recorded in an hour. Damn. Like from sitting down and being like, hearing the beat, to writing, to recorded, and then it was mastered at the end of the day as far as I could go, and I sent it off to the big studio with EP, and we finished it up a couple days later, but um, that track I actually recorded in one take, too. I didn't, a lot of the times, recording, people who aren't recording artists don't know this, but pretty much every song you ever hear is, like, at least, at the bare minimum, 20 tracks, like 20 different recordings layered onto each other, mixed in, mastered. It's a long process, but that one... When songs like that happen, it's like it just clicks and it's done. Um, I think I I recorded the whole thing in one take. I had three tracks on it. There was my main vocals, there was my hook main vocals, and then there was all the fill-ins. And I did all that on three tracks in three recordings. And I was done. Damn. Done. Like, okay, send it off. We take a few things out. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But it was... uh, so my writing process varies is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like I started that song, you know, 10 years before I finished it. And, but that in that nine year period with nothing, it took me 20 minutes to finish it. And then there was, you know, like, uh, too much drip. Okay. I wrote one hook and I knew it was hot and I knew it was going to be great. I brought it to the studio. Uh, I hadn't had a verse written, nothing. I just had the hook and the beat. And my Eric and or EP and Tyrell Shea hopped on it and dropped some verses. And then all of a sudden I had a verse written in five minutes after hearing theirs. And I couldn't writing is just comes to you when it does. It, it comes when it comes for, yeah. if you try and force it, you're just going to end up erasing everything right. you just wrote. Right. Um, and you know, when, when you put three hours into trying to write something, cause that happens too. Mm-hmm. You have to scrap it. That's it's three hours gone. Three hours. And then usually, you know, the verse that you couldn't write will come the next day in like 20 minutes. <laughs> like, all right, I'm done. But um, no, writing is actually the most frustrating part and my favorite part mm-hmm. of making music. Because as much as I love mixing and mastering and being in the studio and working, that shit's even more frustrating. <laughs> Like, 18 car tests. I can't tell you guys, like, how many times my girls see me, like, running in and out of the house. Like, blast music for a couple minutes, KKK, run back out to the car. <laughs> like, it, it's a process, you know what I mean? It's a workout sometimes. But um, writing, when it happens, it happens. And it's, I, I kind of hate calling it a process because sometimes I'll be not writing music and all of a sudden I'm like, yep, I'm writing music now. And but it, I, like, it, I, I find like the whole process of like, like the ritual before going on stage and the writing process really inter- interesting from people that I've talked to different, you know, right. It's like, I'm a huge fan of big J, uh, Orkerson. He's a standup comedy mm-hmm. and, uh, he's part of the Legion of Skanks. And we went down to Denver and seen him at the comedy works down there. And like, he came out at the end of the show and talked to everybody, you know, it was very personal. And I was asking him like, you know, it's very interesting to see how your guys' brain works, you know, because 
like, and he was talking, he's like, I just get high and shit just comes. Mm. Sweet. You know? I mean, it definitely helps, like, smoking a little, a little cannabis every now and then. But honestly, sometimes, like, oh, on the album this time, what was it? Um, I was completely stone sober off of everything. No drinks, no drugs, nothing. Like, I think I was even out of my actual meds that I'm prescribed. And uh, I wrote, it was Beam Me Up. It was featuring Gmo Ski. Shouts to Gmo out in Cali. Um, I wrote that song and that hook, and it's super creative and in and out. Sober. Sober. Like, I was mad, too, when I wrote it. Just pissed off, because I'd sent, like, shouts to Gmo. He's, he's more famous than me, right? So when I sent him the first song I sent him, he was like, nah, that's not the one. And I was mad, because I was like, man, I just put a week into that. You know, I was, I was mad. Right. And uh, I was like, whatever. So I started over, grabbed a new beat. And, uh, <sighs> dude, the way my mind was working at that point, I was mad at everything because, mm -hmm. like, I just put in a week of work for nothing, you know. And uh, it came out on the track. Like, it worked out great. It, I agree with him. It's a way better song, you know. And it worked out in the end. But, yeah, no no, uh, no cannabis help, no alcohol help, no, not even, like, being in necessarily an even state of mind, which is where I usually like to be mm -hmm. when I write because then I can pick myself apart a little better and make my whatever I wrote on my first draft better. Now, that was another one. It was, uh, it was a little bit longer. That one took me like two hours, I think. But, yeah, it, it's, it's a, like I said, writing, it's, I think what it is is it's from life, right? Yeah. So, like, you can't write anything good and worth, like, putting out until you have the, the sensory input from life, right? Like, you have to live in order to write because art isn't is a reflection of life right right it's sometimes distorted sometimes not but in the end all art is a reflection of life so if you're not living and you haven't done the the part you need to write that song yet right. you're not going to be able to write it and that's like it took me getting pissed off about that song to write a song that was a little bit more high energy a little bit more aggressive and that's what he was looking for in a in a collaboration and that's you know half of it. Right. So I think it's the the life, the living life part. And I think that's honestly why musicians and writers fail so often, right? Is because they forget that they're not writing about the life they want. They're writing about the or painting or whatever it is mm -hmm. about the life they've had. Right. And if you're not giving a real representation of the life that you have had or you have or you're living then it's going to be a really hard to write and b it's going to come off inauthentic right fake fake exactly yeah. even if like i mean and we've all done it as artists you know what i mean like but that's part of the growth process is like that's why my first album took me i don't know i probably worked on it for a solid hashtag three and a half months maybe mm -hmm. for that whole album and then magic not miracles was oh shit 2020 and I finished it October of 2022 so two years for a single album and that was because I knew 
that like there was some of that real authentic me on hashtag, right? But some of it wasn't. Some of it was you could. I was trying to be something that I wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. that who I, not necessarily who I was, and um, so when I when I approached this new project, I really wanted to take my time. Not to mention I was still going to school full time, and there was other things going on in my life. But I still tried to get as much time into it as possible over that two years. And uh, man, I I just I took about a five month break in the middle of writing this album. I had about eight songs done, um, and I just couldn't, I couldn't write anymore. Like, I, I didn't have the things going on in my life that I needed to write new songs. Like, I've written about my past. I've written about my present. I've written about, shoot, I, when I, the current challenge in my life then was my education, and I wrote a song about that on my last album already. Like, I'd already cleared that part of my head, and it was... Uh, it took a while, but eventually, you know, life, as it does, because life is fucking crazy, brings the things you need as an artist. Like, sometimes it takes time, mm-hmm. you know? And like I, like I said, stand-up comedians before, man, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they continually come up with fresh new material. Like, I mean, there's the goats, like Dave Chappelle, that we just expect amazing Right, you know what I mean. Every time, and he delivers, and it's like every every artist of no matter what genre has had things that aren't their best. Right, right. Like we've all done it. Like we've all put out things that like we thought it were good at the time, and now it's like, mm. or even worse, like you knew it wasn't good at the time, but you felt the pressure to put something yep. out, so you put it out anyway. Yep, and. uh Dude, I really, like, I don't know how stand-up comedians do it. I don't know how they write fresh material all the time. Without- well, I mean, it, it, I think it takes a very observant person, you know, because, like, like, nowadays, like, we don't have the Eddie Murphys anymore, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, I wouldn't say so much Robin Williams, because he, he's been accused of some different things, like, stealing people's material. But, like, there's, this, uh, there's a guy, Luis J. Gomez. Uh, he's He's... He, he's more of a podcaster, comedian kind of guy, but, like, all this stuff that he talks about, it's like life. Like he, his dad was stabbed. His mom was a hooker. You know, she was addicted to heroin. You know, it's like he's, he's got a whole back catalog of shit to talk about. Right. You know, and then, but then you got, like, comics like, uh, like Mark Norman. I don't know if you've ever seen his stuff. But I, he's, I don't he's, think so. He's uh, really good friends with Burt Kreischer. Okay. But he's more, like... Today's events makes fun of today's events kind of shit. I mean, it's funny. Mark Norman is fucking hilarious, but you know, it's it's not the same as that personal experience. Yeah. It's like talking about your personal experience in relation to the world isn't the same as talking about your personal experience in relation to humanity. Right. Right. Like current events are one thing, and like that's one of the reasons I love South Park too. Like so that's why South Park for me is a timeless show. The more fucked up the world gets, the better South Park yeah. gets. Um, but then you look at like the difference, like you were talking about, like with like Dave Chappelle, right? He talks about the world a little bit, but it's more so in his relation to humanity and his right. human experience and the way the the world moves around him and the way he moves through it, right? 
And that's, I think that's where all of us are trying to get is to that point where we find that perfect balance of our life and the world right. as artists. And that's the constant struggle. Well, the world's always changing. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it doesn't change as much as we think it does, I don't think. I, this is, I, have a, I have a different view of the world in this aspect of most people than I think. I think the world doesn't change as much as our perception of it does. Okay. Um, we perceive, like, and I'm not saying the world doesn't change, because, I mean, 19, how long did it take us to go from the first man flight to the moon? Right. 60 years. It's not, it's not crazy. Right. Like, the world does change. But because human beings are so consistent, and I know that sounds, I also don't trust human beings to be consistently good. I can trust human beings to be consistently them. Right. Right, so I know for a fact that I can't count on people to do X, Y, Z for me. I have to do that for myself. But, man, I don't, I, I don't think the world changes as much as we think it does. I think that things change. I think that technology evolves. But the basic things that we have to do on this planet, eat, sleep, shit, survive. Fuck. Fuck. None of it, none of it changes. Right. Like, and that was the first... When I, when I left the country the first time, that was the, the big thing for me. It's like I grew up thinking that the United States was the only free place in the world. Like this was like if you well, wanted to live a normal life, this is where you had to be, right. right? And the first thing I learned overseas was none of that perception was real. Like people are doing the same things in Morocco as they are here. They're going to work. They're feeding their family. They're taking care of their kids. You know what I mean? It's Have the same table conversations. Same thing, just in a different language. Right. And so I don't think the world actually changes as much as we think it does. That's that's a fair point of view. I, I like that. I guess I never really... Like, I mean, you see so much like geopolitical stuff going on, and you automatically think, oh, man, the world's going to hell. You know? Well, that's what they want you to think. Well, exactly. I, I actually had to stop watching the news. Like, I literally had to turn the fucking news off. Well, 2020 was a rough year, so... Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and, like, I'm more of a libertarian at heart. Same. But, but like, uh, like, a lot of libertarians that I read and follow and all that stuff, I had to turn them off. Yeah. Know, I, could, I, I had enough. Huh? You know, and that's what really got me into wanting to do podcasting and this shit and just give a fresh take on something different. Right. You know, like I, I really enjoy sitting down and interviewing people. My first one was fucking trash. I, do you know uh, Sam Kleichman? He owns Big Loss Meadery. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was my very first guest, and I it it went so fucking bad. I'm like, <laughs> I shouldn't even put this out. And Sam's like, Nah, dude, just keep at it. You know, just, yeah. it is what it is, and it's gonna get better. Worst case, it's a record of your growth. Well, yeah, you know, it's just been like Mike and I. We'll put out some really, really shitty fucking podcasts, but you know we're we've got thirty of them. Up. I mean, we had before our lap, our previous laptop crashed. We had over a hundred, and there were some really good ones in there. Right. And then our laptop crashed, and we're like, "What the fuck do we do now?" Everything that we've ever sat down and talked about or planned for is gone. I was like, "Fuck it, let's wean it. Let's see what happens." Yeah. You know, and we're, we're growing. Every just, every uh, downfall in life is just a new opportunity, right? Yeah. But. <laughs> Including, I've as a musician, believe me, I've lost laptops full of music. Oh. And I'm just <laughs> at least it wasn't crypto. Oh man, <laughs> crypto! Look, I am a fully belie full believer in decentralized currency. Oh yeah, I think that everyone who uh, said crypt says crypto is dead repeatedly uh, just make the same mistake as people who invest make. Right. They're buying when it's expensive, and then they lose money. Well, you buy things when they're cheap, and then you sell them for higher. 
I, I'm really involved in Cardenio. Mm. I got a lot of that. And like, I, I just keep buying as it, as it goes down. I just keep buying more. Cause yeah. I mean, it's going to hit, it's going to be, I believe it's going to hit whether it does or not. I could have tens thousand, tens of thousand dollars into something that's just going to make a dollar. You know, mm. but that's a dollar I didn't have. Straight up. And not only that, but investments, I think everyone needs to, we started, everyone got Robin Hood or started to be able to trade on Cash App. And investments aren't gambling. You make investments. Educatedly. Educate with, exactly. You buy low, you sell high. None of the concepts have changed since the origination of the stock market. Right. So you got, know, almost 100 years. Like I got suckered into the AMC pretty hard. I mean, hey, look, a lot of people made a lot of money off GameStop there real quick. Right. So, like, like why hit, not? when it hit that $70 mark, I'm like, I should sell this. Because I, I was in it for, like, $1.50 a share. Right. So, I should sell this. And I'm something in the back of my head. It's like, ah, just hold on to it. Hold on to it. Of course, I went to work and opened up, opened up my Weeble app. I'm like, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> back down to a dollar. That was me with Dogecoin when it was the 72. I was I like, maybe I shit. should sell right now. And then I didn't. But it's fine. Like, I'm... I haven't lost money, right? You know what I mean. But I d- I could have taken a bigger payout, but you know, in five years, if it's sitting at three dollars, I'm gonna be really glad I didn't. Right. Yeah, I got out of the Deutsche Coin at seventy. Yeah, lucky. <laughs> I thought about it. I was sitting there like maybe. No, let's just see if it goes a little higher. And then it was like that's immediately like 60, 50, 40. and I was like, ah, oh, all right, well, we'll so just keep it. That's my problem. I was like, I was like, oh, it's gonna go a little bit more. It's gonna go a little bit more than. Some politicians open up his fucking mouth and says something. Everything crashes. Everything crashes. Couldn't just let the momentum ride. Right. Man. Or, or somebody's got to make a tweet about something that hurt somebody's feelings and they're directly tied to whatever. Man. I can't believe Elon Musk bought Twitter. I'm still true. I can. <laughs> you, the, whole, the whole reason why he bought Twitter is because he's bringing out AI vehicles. And he needs interactions from people and the data he's collecting from through Twitter to put into his car so they're a bit more efficient. Mm-hmm. It's the whole reason why he spent the fifty billion. I mean, it's a good plan. That that fifty billion is going to translate into a couple trillion for him. Man, must be rough being Elon Musk. Dude, the amount of pussy he pulls in, and he's a goofy looking fucker. I know, and it doesn't even matter if he cheats on his wives or girlfriends. Well, he just has more kids and names them after stars. Well, no, because they come back. Look at Amber Heard. <laughs> they just come right back to him as soon as Johnny dropped her. She was like, Elon, I need a million dollars for my lawyers. Her, her, his baby daddy, or her, his baby mama, I should say, is uh, Grimes. Yeah, that cra- she's crazy looking. Yeah, but, I mean, she's I giving him, like, two kids. I don't know who's worse, uh, Elon or uh, uh, Nick Cannon. <laughs> oh, Mariah. <laughs> First of all, Nick Cannon is a terrible rapper. I would like to officially, on air, challenge him to a battle. Um <laughs> If you're listening, I know you are Nick Cannon. I know you're. I know you're listening, <laughs> Nick Cannon. But uh, I mean, no, he found his lane, though. I gotta honestly shout to Nick Cannon. That whole wilding out thing is entertainment, right? And uh, actually, we did a little spinoff of our own thing. It was one of my comedy warm-ups, and I lived in Denver. When I, man, that shit is fun, and it's. Uh, I mean, even watching it, it's a good time. But I wish they would bring in some. Uh, they, he should bring in, stop bringing so many new stars. Bring in some old, like when they had Snoop Dogg on right. there. That was tight as hell. But I don't know. Shouts to Nick Cannon and Wildin' Out. Right. Mostly the comedians on his crew, because I have respect for everybody. Like I said, everybody who's willing to stand up on stage as a comedian. Because it's, 
like as a musician, at least at the very least, if I freeze, right, I have a backtrack. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you're a, if you're a comedian and you freeze, it's crickets. Right. There's not a sound in the room other than the waitresses shuffling their feet. And when you're on stage, you can't even hear that. So it's like deafening silence. Wow. And uh, but no, I uh, fucking Elon Musk. Can't I'm still tripping about like. I would. I guess I'm not tripping. I just wish I had fifty billion dollars to spend it friv- frivolously. Like, right. Yeah, run it. Just sell a couple shares. It'll be fine. Yeah. And uh, it's it's wild to me that he bought Twitter just so he could talk shit without getting banned. I, I mean, it's not just for that, but I guarantee, like, it might be for the data, you know, in the end. But part of it, I guarantee, part of it was so he could talk shit. I was really hoping that he would bought Twitter and just flipped a switch and killed it. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Go find your other outlet, bitches. Well, I mean, that would be all well and good, but social media, there's no fun outlets left. No. Like Facebook, you can get banned for anything. So our, our Facebook account, we'll drink to that. Uh, I, I posted a picture on my personal Facebook, not, not a word, but I posted it onto our Facebook page, and it banned me for 45 days. I was like, so I contested it, and then they came back to like, well, this goes against all the all of our regulations and stuff like that. And I'm like, I typed in the email, I was like, but it's on my personal one. You guys didn't fucking see it. So two days later, my personal Facebook got banned. Too. Got banned for yeah. sixty days. See, I, uh, I've with Facebook, I've taken solely to posting my music. Yeah, that's it. Like, I've been banned for funny memes yeah. that aren't even bad. Right, and like EP. Oh, my buddy EP. This dude gets banned for bullying once a month. And I'm like, and he does it to himself at this point. I'm like, you know it's going to happen. Like, you know it's going to happen. Stop saying bitch. Right. And he was like, I'm not going to. And I'm like, all right, you're going to get banned. Yeah, there's, there's no, no platform left. Like, Instagram. Like, you can show your titties. But you can't say faggot. Nope. <laughs> nor, nor, what was the one? Uh. Oh yeah, no. Um, I I I've only ever almost copped one Instagram ban, and it was because this girl put my stickers on her titties like over her nipples. Um, but in the description, they didn't ban me for the titties. They banned me because I was trying to sell my album in the post with the titties, and I was like, "For real? That's what? That's what?" And they took like, "All right, Dang. so you have to." It's funny what they're deeming what they what you can and cannot say and do. Oh yeah, well I mean, and part of it is public domain. I get it. It's their platform. Um, part of me is a capitalist. Like I believe in capitalism to an extent. I don't believe in corporatism or commercialism. I think that's where we're at. We haven't lived in a capitalist society since we gave corporations rights mm-hmm. um, as humans, not as businesses. And so. Um, I'm a little bit of a believer in it, like I said, but like, yeah. Well, I think where they fucked up with corporations is they're trying to act, treat corporations as if they're human. Like, uh, wow. they're an entity, and that's all they are. They're not, they have no feelings, they have no rights. Well, and the other reason that I'm, we're not a capitalist society anymore, sorry to get a little preachy, but I am Jesus, um, <laughs> is the fact that not only are they treating like people, but the people within corporations have an entire shell of protection and insulation from right. the law by the corporation. So, like, for example, theoretically, if a billion-dollar corporation hires a hitman, 
who do you charge? Nobody. Nobody. Exactly. The hitman, maybe. Maybe. But he'll probably cut a deal and then just to charge nobody. Um, it's not even that they have the same rights as, as human beings in, in our country or even in the global economy, honestly. It's that they have the individuals, the actual humans behind the corporation have that complete insulation from not only the U.S. law, but global. Right. Like, globally, they're insulated. Well, you know that, that saying they're too big to fail? That's the problem is we need to start letting some of these corporations fail. They need to, they need to see what it's like being the mom and pop. Well, here's my thing, though, is why I can't necessarily agree with that either is because then we're just creating bigger corporations because the ones that don't fail are going to buy them up. And then we just have a bigger issue. Well, see, when they broke up uh, Rockefeller, mm. Rockefeller took his company, Standard Oil, and sold it off to four of his, bro- uh, to, uh, four of his like one cousin, two brothers, and somebody else. So it was all still part of Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. But underneath the United States law, it was now no longer a monopoly company, even though it's a monopoly company because it's owned by one fucking guy. One family, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's kind of, I don't know. I just kind of, the only corporation I'm currently just ready to take down for sure is Walmart. I fucking despise Walmart with hate it. passion. My girlfriend loves Walmart. She loves to go there. She's happy. She's like, she gets giddy. And I just get yeah, more and more anxious as as we take steps, right? I hate the place. I went yesterday during our blizzard, right, to like because I was in the studio mixing and mastering music, and my headphone cord shit out on me, right? Just like an aux cord for my Mm -hmm. headphones. I went, I dragged my ass to Walmart, which is open through this snowstorm, right? (laughs) Get there. And there's nobody with a key in electronics. So I can't even get the one thing I fucking came there for. And then I find like eight other things that I didn't come. I hate Walmart. See, it's a great business model, but it's a, it's a horrible place. I, I, I'll do Walmart once a year. I hope you sue me for this, Walmart. Fuck Walmart. Fuck Walmart. I'm the same way. I don't know if it's so much Walmart as it is the people in Walmart that make me not want to be there. I mean, no, it's Walmart for me. Yeah. Because I know... Every dollar I spend in that store contributes to the death of mom and pop shops all across the country. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even matter where you spend money at Walmart. Matter of fact, it doesn't even contribute to the deaths anymore because it's already dead. Like, if you live in a town that's big enough to have a Walmart, you no longer have mom and pop shops. Yeah. And I mean, unless you're in a city, and then they're getting constantly, and they have to raise their prices so high because of Walmart that you. Can't even afford to shop there. Right. Fuck Walmart. Uh, I'm I'm the same way with Target too. I hate I, Target. Well, they're getting beat out by Walmart too. Shit, they're about to fail. They've already got it bailed out once. I always make this my wife. She loves Walmart or Target, and I always tell her it's like it's just Kmart with but pretty wrapping. See, I think what we should do with Walmart's all, is just make Walmart globally illegal. There you go. Just and then what we do with all their stock and all their wealth and all their buildings is we let. Locals open up their own little shop inside of that Walmart building, right? And they can take a piece of the economy that Walmart was getting. I don't even care if it's a raffle system. We can raffle these fucking spots off to families. You know what I mean? And I'm not necessarily into wealth redistribution unless it's Walmart because... So what's your take on McDonald's then? Um, population control. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't eat McDonald's. I can't. I can't even. Like, last time I ate McDonald's was like 2.30 in the morning pre-COVID. Right? Like, coming home from the bar, like, yep, I'm going to need to eat something. It's the only place in town. Violently ill for two days. (laughs) Violently. Population control. Um, Which, I mean, look. It has its merits and demerits now. <laughs> well, you don't see super fit people eating McDonald's. Uh, it's, yeah, and not only that, but it's just, like, maybe it's because, like, like I said, both my parents were, like, farm kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, my grandmother still, well, not so much still. My grandpa just passed. Rest in peace. But... You know, up until then, they were still working their garden, and they were still eating fresh food. And that, well, I think it's a lot of problems in society is we've gotten so far away from that. Oh, man. You know, I, I think that's probably been one of our biggest downfalls as human. Oh, is our food? Well, just, Without just, how, just how, we, how we come about getting our food. You know, there wasn't too, we're not too far off from when we had to go out of the cave and, and stab something and, and, and harvest it ourselves. To get the food, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean... People, the, geologically or even cosmically speaking, like 100,000 years is a blink of an eye. Right. Um, I got really high in mushrooms one night and watched the, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Neil, uh, Neil Dyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, there you go. Shouts to Neil. That's my dog. Uh, he had, I featured him in some of my songs. Oh, yeah. I put Neil deGrasse Tyson samples in a few. He had this deal on YouTube from the birth of the world or mm-hmm. of the, glo- uh, the earth. All the way till its infancy when it blows up, dude. And high on mushrooms, watching that shit, dude. That was a good time. Let me just tell you, not even the dinosaurs were on this planet for that long, right? So like, we should be better oh, as humans. Oh, yeah. We should be like, well, I'm not, a, I'm not necessarily an environmentalist per se, but I do believe that we should take care of our environment. I'm not necessarily, like I said, uh, I don't believe all the way in capitalism, but I do believe in the free market. Um, I, the earth is this, man, it's, uh, it's, it's something that's still so small cosmically, but so indescribably large to us as individuals. Well, you can only, you can only see what your eye sees. And not only that, but it's the only guaranteed thing we get as a species. Like nothing else as for us, not as individuals, but as a species is guaranteed other than that we get this planet. Right. Right. Like. The, the intellectual in me knows that, like, once we reach a certain number of people, like, we're going to need more planets. Right. Like well, if- McDonald's is doing a pretty good job at that. <laughs> <laughs> callback. That's a good joke. See, that's comedy, people. That's a callback joke. No, but- well, see, but we're so tribalistic. Mm. That, that's our biggest problem as, as a society, as human nature. We're very tribalistic. So it's, it's not the- even necessarily our fault. It's hardwired into us. Well, but, but it's what we choose to be tribalistic about. You got the red versus the blue. And you got the purple versus the yellow, and what we do over here is so much better than what we do over, that you over do over there. And now we're all pissed off. Yeah. And then Race, you throw religion. the dynamite. You throw the dynamite in there with social media. Now it's a big fucking problem. Yeah, because it's right in our face every day. Every day, like I I've lived. I'm I'm from a small town, right? I've lived a lot of places. I've lived in mm-hmm. North Vegas. I've lived in Aurora, Colorado, and Denver. I've lived shit. I've been. Around, you know, I've, this isn't. I've I've been to Europe. I've left the country. I've been to Mexico. I've I've seen more of the world than just my little corner of it. And like, yeah, no, it's a. Uh, we have this. Well, but that's a problem though. Is like these smaller communities, such as Gillette, 
Wyoming in general, when they when people travel, they like, oh, we went to Denver, and that so they think they're cultured, or they went to Las Vegas for three days. You know, it, not very many people will go out and say, well, we're going to like I love Jamaica, right? So we'll, we go to Jamaica, or you know, I've never been to Europe or anything, but I, you know, that's on my bucket list. But the the fact that nobody really travels outside of their of their uh, tribe. Right. Is the big issue. Well, and that's what social media is exposed, is exposed views into everyone else's tribe, right? And the thing about social media is it's rarely flattering views that get shown. But, like, because of, man, the climate we live in in the world, like, police brutality, right? Police brutality has been going on since police started. There has been people getting brutalized by police most of them minorities because that's who lives in lower income areas in America and crime and, and, and crime is a socioeconomic problem. Like hey. rich people don't commit petty crimes. It's not what happens. Poor people do. And, but the thing is now, every time it happens, there's video, there's a camera running. Someone caught it. Right. Right. So I'm not, by all means, I am totally anti-police brutality, but like the, I'm all about fixing the problem, and the fixing the problem comes with better police. Right. It doesn't come with eliminating the police. Exactly. It's better policing. Well, well, then, you know, they get, take Campbell County, for example. They got all that COVID money for the police department. Instead of sending the police to go do, like, better training, we bought the snowpack for the tires, the, the, the tracks for the tires when it snows. Oh, man. So we spend ridiculous money. And we have urban assault vehicles at the yeah. sheriff's department yeah. here with mounted 50 cows yeah. in Gillette, Wyoming. I really want to steal that. Like, why? Why do we have a $4 million urban assault vehicle? Like, why did we spend that money? Because one of these days I'm going to get drunk enough and not give a shit. I'm going to go try to steal it. steal that shit when I'm drunk. <laughs> have a good old time. I might go out, but you know what? It'll be one hell of a fucking story. I mean, what are they going to do to you at that point? You got the upper hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> Call in the airstrike. Call in the air. They don't got that capability yet, as far as I know, but. Wouldn't put it past him. Oh, man. I, uh, Gillette. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't, some of y'all get these jokes, like I said. Right. Live in a small town, and but, you'll see but, how but bored like, these police really are. When I worked for Cat uh, as a welder, we did quite a bit of traveling, and it's every community. Like, the police department has stupid shit that they have no, no need for. No. But they have, to spend, they have to spend the money in order to continue to receive the money. Well, and the, the part, it, again, I have a degree in criminal justice, so I'm speaking as a relative expert in the field here. Um, what's crazy, too, about police having so much crazy armament is that none of the criminals had that until the police got it. Right. So, like, gangs didn't have automatic weapons until the police did. And then they were like, well, shit, what are we going to do now? Um, it's, a, it's the escalation thing, like... If your opponent gets a bigger gun than you, what are you going to do next? Your next move is to immediately get a bigger gun. So, like, this is the craziest thing when you think about it. But in reality, it is police who escalated the war, like, the war against gangs and the war against street drugs. And, the war, like, that was all escalation by police forces across the country. Like, there never would have been L.A. riots if they hadn't have armed L.A. cops with automatic weapons and got everybody pissed off and the gangs pissed off. And then it was a war zone. Right. And then what happens after a war zone? You get a riot. Like, well, dominoes fall. You would think that they'd learn, but I I think it's more like, uh, it's like toying with your prey. 
you know? I mean, they, they got the upper hand. They got the unlimited budget, you know? Blank checks, usually. Yeah. So why not go out and get the biggest, baddest fucking gun you can? Because you know that the people that you're hunting are going to try to go out and get the biggest, baddest gun. And not only that, but the people are going to continually vote in the politicians who approved the spending because it makes them feel safer. When in, when in reality, it makes them way less safe. Right. Like, if you escalate a conflict to the level of automatic weapon fire in the streets, you're the problem. Yeah. Like, nobody's think, safe. Well, thank God we live in Wyoming where there's, you don't have to have a permit to... Oh, no. Anything, you know? Nothing. Granny packing out here. Well, I, I like, you know, I do value my $20 more than I value your life. Facts. So you're going to die. Well, and I mean, this is the crazy thing. is, And gun control, not the answer. Wyoming is the best evidence of that ever. It's the fact that we have a population that's over 98% armed and very little violent crime. Like right. We have some, and it happens. And when it usually happens, it's Drug horrific. Somebody's and terrible death. and meth-related. But, like, you don't break into houses in Wyoming. You're not... There's no burglary. There's no robberies. There's no stick-ups. There's no muggings. Well, you, you have the, the the kids that are bored and will go break into vehicles. Right. But, I mean, like, I don't give a shit. Right. I got insurance. If you're keeping valuable shit in your car, that's kind of honestly on you. But then again, I've lived in the cities where, like, I know there's starving people around where if you leave a stack of cash in your car... It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. You know? Um, we don't have those issues here, though. Right. Like. There's not, like, people getting gunned down, gunning each other down in the streets. There's not, because of the simple fact of that deterrence of, like, you don't know who's carrying here. Nobody does. And you have to assume it's, it's playing a game. everyone. You have to assume that everybody in this state is armed. You have to. And I don't care what your, what your political background is. Everybody in the state has a fucking gun. At least one in the house. There's at least one in every house. And it, it is not even so much for... Like defending your home against somebody else, it's more like defending yourself against a fucking grizzly bear. That too. Yeah. Although you better have a big one because let me just tell you, for all you people that don't know, a grizzly bear, you can shoot it in the head and it'll eat you, then then die. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna need a big weapon. I'm pretty excited to go see that cocaine bear. Oh my god, I can't yeah. wait to see it. I'm really like so fucking badass. Look, I have not been excited to see this movie in theaters in a long time in my life. Because right. I know for a fact this is going to be hilarious. Like, even if it's the corniest shit ever, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I wish I could do coke. But <laughs> go watch it. Well, I mean, look, that's another thing in Gillette. You don't hear because the fentanyl. Like, I don't know who laces cocaine with fentanyl, but they're really dumb. I almost wonder, you know, like back in the 80s when Reagan was dropping all the, the drugs in the inner cities, I wonder if it has something to do with like politicians, the government putting the fentanyl in it just to population control. I mean, it wasn't, back in the 80s, cocaine wasn't cut with anything. <laughs> it was real cocaine. Right. Now, uh, I mean, from what I understand of it, you know, not speaking from any firsthand experience here. What I understand of it is that the best you can get ever is like 98% mm-hmm. around. And there's always something in it. But, I mean, I think that was more to the creation of the prison to, or school to prison pipeline. Right. 
which is also a real thing and it's documented and people need to stop saying it's not real because yeah, it was you, a real effort by the CIA to fill our prisons. Yeah, you can go back to Nixon and yeah. start seeing it. I mean, it's, it's out there. It turns out when you have a billion dollar industry, you, you have a supply, right? They had prison space. They had to create a demand to put people in it. Well, and they fucked up really bad doing that. All the fatherless homes that they created really led into more problems I think they ever thought they'd have. Oh, I mean, that's, I think that's exactly what they're trying to do. Because then what ha- like it, it creates criminals. Like, that's what the system does. When you lock people up who are nonviolent, you lock up drug criminals. You lock, even, like, the only people that should really be completely locked away from society are rapists, child molesters, and murderers. Yep. Like, any... But is the backpedaling tying all those people back to, the, well, that's because of drugs? Right. And that's what it creates. Because then you're in a system where you're, like, so your dad's been in prison your whole life. Your mom's been working two jobs just to pay all the bills. Right. And what are you left with to do? Like, you don't get things, the things you want. You might not even get all the things you need. If you're a 14-year-old kid, you might end up helping pay the bills. And how are you going to pay bills on a place when you can't work? Right. Well, not only that, but the role model. Like, there's studies showing that a father's home has caused a child growing up without a father, a present father is more likely to be either in a game, dead, drug dealer, prison. That, or, that's, that's, uh, or an addict. Yeah. So that, that's basically your five choices when you're with a father's home. And it doesn't matter if you're white, black, blue, green, yellow. It's across the board. Yeah. No, kids need their dads. Period. And the fact that we're trying so hard to kill the role model of the dad in every household is where it doesn't. It, it, it's, 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 it's a problem that we're not addressing. No. You know, anti-masculinity. You know, and we're, we're all about making, cutting dicks off and putting vaginas on everybody, you know? Hey, man, whatever makes me, I don't give a fuck. If you, if, I, I if you got a dick and you cut it off, I don't care. Well, that's between you and Jesus. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. One way or another. But it, it, it's, the, it's the fact that there's, they, they've eliminated the, the male role model. It's like making, it's, it's making being male a problem. Yeah. When yeah. It, and it's not. Like, talk, toxic masculinity is a problem. Masculinity is not. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a man. There's nothing wrong with uh, not having a viewpoint outside your own, right? Because here's the thing. It's not okay to be stuck in your ways, I guess, but we should always be open to growth and right. knowledge as humans. But at the end of the day, as a human being, all we have to answer to is ourselves. So if you can sleep at night... Right. That's what matters. And let me just tell you that men being 75% of all suicides and 84% of insomnia cases means that men are not allowed to be not allowed who to they show are. Your feelings. You're not allowed to show your feelings. You're not allowed to, uh, you're not allowed to have bad days. No. And you're not, you're not allowed to take days off. Right. And cause in the end, all the responsibility falls on you even if you're a single man, right? Like it, the, the responsibility falls more and harder when you have a family. But in the end, like as a, even as a single man, nobody cares. Right. Like maybe your mom, like if your mom still loves you, that's who cares about your feelings, right? But our feelings as men shouldn't be something that we are afraid of, right? 
we all have feelings that are inappropriate. We all have wrong feelings. We have a brain to deal with that. Like we all have. Right. You know, the right from wrong. Right. But like, you shouldn't be afraid of your feelings, good or bad. Um, and we are as men, like we were raised that way. Well, that's the problem. Uh, I keep saying that's the problem, but there's, there's so many fucking problems. Like, you know, I made the comment that my wife doesn't have to work, but she works because she wants to help. You know, I, I, I think I'm very fortunate because I married a really good one. Yeah. I, I feel like there's something going on in my head, and I can go to her and be like, hey, this is what's going on. And she'll sit there and listen. Now, whether she gives her shit or not, that's between, between her and Jesus, but she'll listen. She'll, she'll listen. Yeah. You know, and that she's very encouraging. Like, this whole podcast thing was all because I got fucked up one night and said, I want to start a podcast. And Mike was like, let's fucking do it. Let's fucking get it. She's like, if you're going to do it, you need to do it. Don't half-ass it. Don't, don't fuck around with it. Do it. You know? That's yeah. a good woman. Yeah, and those are hard to find. Yeah, no. Uh, definitely. I got a pretty decent one out there. It's on the phone right now. But, I mean, the thing about it is, as men, our masculinity is something that we didn't get to define. Right. Right? Like, it... Everyone tells us what we should be to be a man or a masculine man or, you know, but the fact is nobody knows what your happiness looks like except you. Right. Right. As a man, woman or anything. But now I believe in our society, women get more freedom to choose from society what their happiness entails. Well, every, every magazine growing up, if you looked at them, it was. You are a princess. You are this. You are you are better than that. You you know you're. They escalated the women on every in every way. Uh, like put them on to put, put them on, on a pedestal. pedestal. Yeah. You know, I and know as, as as you're growing up as a little boy, you look up to that, and you're like, man, I'm never gonna attain landing somebody like her. You know, like and there was there's never ever any like you as a man are should be here. This is what you should achieve. To strive to achieve. With the exception of you need to go to work, pay the bills, and take care of your family. Yeah, and if you kill yourself, so what? Yep. You have life insurance. That's literally the 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 paradigm that we got as men. Right. And nowhere in that paradigm does it leave room for anything that we actually are. Right? Doesn't like, leave room for I had a bad day. Yeah. And we're and as men, we're more than our job, right? Like we you have to be. If you're not, you're never going to be happy. Right. Like, I work multiple jobs, and I do music, and I own a business, and none of that shit is who I am. Like, the music is the best reflection of me, right? Like, that's the the truest to being who I am as I can be. But, like, as a man in this society, right, we we didn't get to choose what we were supposed to be. Like, they told us you can be whatever you want to be. As long. On the surface. As long as your bills are paid, your family's taken care of, X, Y, Z, right? And not only that, but you never miss a day of work. You don't show your emotion unless we ask you to. Right. And that's... Nobody can survive under that model. Nobody can live. No wonder men are 75% of suicides. Right. Like, 75%. That's not a small margin of difference between the sexes. And... I just, I think that if men were free to, all men, by the way, this isn't, 
on age, color, religion, anything, if men were allowed to feel and be who they are from an early age and allowed to explore that side of themselves, then all of a sudden we could actually do something about this problem in society. We wouldn't have men with such repressed anger that they've been repressing it their entire lives. Now they're beating shit out of their wives. Now they're beating their shit out of their wives or they're getting into bar fights and drunk driving and hitting people. I think that we... We need to encourage our boys and our sons to be who they are. Right. Not to grow to fit into this paradigmic mold that we have for them. And that's like, as a father of, to a son, that's, it's, it's rough too, because like we have to live in this world. We have to be able to survive the things we shouldn't have to. And so, like, raising sons, it's important. F- at least I think it's important to make sure they know the difference between what they have to do and what they want to do. Right. Because you have to handle your responsibilities. Like as much as it sucks in society, like the fact is if you don't take care of your family, no one's going to. And I think we need to teach our sons that they can't take care of their family Unless they take care of themselves first. Right. And it's not always a bad thing to put yourself first in front of everybody else. Or no. The only person I will ever put in front of me is my child. Because the fact is I will handle his needs even if it means sacrificing my own. Right. But I can't meet his needs if I'm sacrificing all of my own. Right. I have to, I have to take care of me. I have to take care of my mental health. Um, I go to therapy. I do. I take – I have AD, I've never opened up about this on the air, but I have ADD. Um, I take medication to help with my ADD and I would never would have done that. And at 20, right. I never would have shown that weakness to the world. You know what I mean? I never would have admit that I had something that I needed help with because that's not what I was supposed to do. Right. I was, I was supposed to be Superman. Right. Oh, I know that I, I lost two of my best friends when I was in high school and I was trying to talk to my mom. She's like, I don't know what the fuck to tell you, dude figured out and that was that was my uh my greeting was i don't know what to tell you figure the fuck out yeah and honestly living in gillette we have way too much of that issue um and that's like i we've touched on a little bit like men being you know 75 percent of suicides but in gillette especially in this town suicide amongst men is not even just men women honestly um suicide's an issue and it's become such an issue that we as a community are numb to it because that's the reaction that we get from people when we want to talk about our friend ending their own life. Right. It's like, I don't know what to tell you. Deal with it. Yeah. And that's why we're here. That's why we have the highest suicide rate in the nation. It's higher than Alaska where there's no sunshine. Well, there's parts of it where it shines all day. All right. Well, 24 hours. And it's, it's higher than Vegas where people go to lose everything. Yeah. Like, we need to be able to talk about who we are as people. But because, like, it's not even just in Gillette. Do you know how rare it is for a woman to kill herself with a gun? Almost never. It never happens. Like, it's a statistical fucking unicorn for a woman to kill herself with a gun. There's been, like, 12 in Gillette over the past four years. Like, statistically, that is mind-blowing. Right. I've only, like, unfortunately, like... I've I've known a couple of them, you know, and like one of them was one of my friends. And 
dude, it's an issue here. It's it's a it, it's something that cannot not be talked about anymore. Well, and they're not they're never going to talk about it. That's a problem. I mean, you could, we could elect God Himself, and we still wouldn't talk about it. Yeah, I don't know who we need to elect, or if it's even a political issue. Or if it's, I think I think it's a school system issue. I think it's a community issue. Well, yeah, but well, when I say it's a school issue, because like when you go to school through Campbell County, oh yeah, no, mental health care is not a yeah, priority for our school system. Uh, Nor is special ed, by the way. Uh, and shouts to all the special ed teachers in this state who are under budget and underfunded and still show up and do those their job for those kids and spend the money. Mm-hmm. But like Campbell County alone is: Are you going to play sports? Or are you going to drop out of high school and go work the coal mine? That, that's your choices. That's it. And if you're not going to, I mean, I mean, they have some academic stuff. But the number one priority is, are you going to play sports? And if you don't, see ya. And I played sports. But also, I got an academic scholarship. Luckily, I had a, my, both my parents were educators. My mom was special ed. Uh, she was a speech-language pathologist. That's why all you special ed, ed, ed educators out there get special shout-outs from me. I know how hard y'all work. And my dad was an educator. He was a football coach, shop teacher, and eventually a principal. So, like, education growing up for me was everything. Like, straight A's were my gateway to being able to live my life as a kid, right? Like, if I didn't have straight A's, I didn't do anything I wanted to do. Um. I'm not necessarily saying that's the the right way, but I will say that I am glad I focused on academics and not just sports because sports let me down. Yeah, and so will the coal mine. Oh, oh yeah. Let's see when I like when I was when I was going through school, especially high school, playing sports. It was already predisposed what I was going to do. I was going to work for my dad. That, that's as good as I'm ever going to get. I man, I had teachers telling me. I don't know why you fucking care. You're just going to be end up working for your dad anyways. Yeah. I've worked for my dad, by the way. I don't know if any of y'all listening have, but it's no fun to work for your parents. No, it's a, I worked for him for since I was nine years old. Yeah. Calling a pay paycheck. It's not a good time. No. It's, not, it's not a good time. Even if you like the job you're doing, the fact is you can't escape your parents. So what they say about your vagina? Is it still bleeding? Still bleeding. Oh, yeah. They Did they? Sewed it up. What are you looking for? Oh, they're right there. Right there. It's hard. Still... Your girlfriend wanted me uh, was curious about your kid. Oh, she went to three. It's almost three. Oh, yeah, it is almost three. Got to cut her. Got to, got to wrap this up shortly. I got a little what, what's leeway. What's your plugs? Uh, what's your plugs? For uh, music and everything? Just what? So we'll, uh, we'll, when we, uh, we'll put this out, what, Monday? Is that the plan? Yep. Is what we, post, we post Monday and Thursdays. Kay. So this one will come out Monday next week. But... We'll tag you in the show notes. Uh, I can do this one tomorrow, too. Yeah, we can drop this one tomorrow. Well, excellent. Well, let me just say I just dropped a new album, uh, Magic Not Miracles. Go get that everywhere. It's um, it's it's a, a collage of the last two years of my life put into song. Um, I'm really proud of it. I worked really hard on it. I got a bunch of music videos coming out for it. I think at least seven right now for this year. So keep your eyes out. We already shot two. YouTube? Um, yep, YouTube. They'll be coming out. I don't know where, uh, what page I'm dropping it on YouTube yet because I used to be with Scatterbrain. I'm independent now. Um, I'm, those are still all my homies. I'd like to say all that. We're still brothers. We still make music together. We work together. I love all those guys. And, uh, but I don't, I, I'm not 
theoretically a part of Scatterbrain Productions on an official level, so I don't know if I probably won't be on that YouTube page. But uh, all my old ones are, so go check them out. Um, What's the YouTube page? Uh, Scatterbrain Productions for the old ones. My new one, it'll probably be under Ratchet Jesus. Um, I'm still waiting on Vivo to get back to me on my on my rights for my Vivo. Oh. But uh, um, otherwise, yeah, Magic Not Miracles, it's out everywhere. All your platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, wherever you listen to music, I'm at. And you got on Pandora, we got told to go fuck ourselves. <laughs> yeah, you no. Uh, <laughs> I did. They, Pandora pisses me off, actually. I, I, if I'm I being found honest. four songs on Spotify. Every other, like, every other streaming service that has me on there has me on my page, right? Like, you can go to Ratchet Jesus page on Spotify and all my shit will be there, I promise. Yeah. If you, but if you go to Pandora, there's like nine pages. Like, every release I've ever had gets its own page on Pandora. Oh, really? Uh, you uh, social media, uh, social media, Ratchet Jesus, the real Ratchet Jesus on Instagram, Ratchet Jesus three hundred seven on Snapchat. That's um, my on Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snapchat's a good time, man. I used to be a little bit more wild on the Snapchat, but it's still fun now. Um, hit me up there, Ratchet Jesus three hundred seven, the real Ratchet Jesus on pretty much everything else, because um, there is imposters out there, There's motherfuckers that want to be Ratchet. Jesus. I would think that'd be a pretty original name too. Oh, dude, as soon as I dropped and I got a little bit of, like, my song, it's on the album Revolution, it started to take off. It was the first song I dropped and the video. It's on the Scatterbrain page, but um, off the album. But as soon as that dropped, man, there's, like, <laughs> eight of them. And I was like, well, I guess I have to be the real Ratchet Jesus now. Man, we're not even cool enough to have a fake profile of us and yeah, i could i don't even probably, i don't even know how this started like how people gonna jump on the ratchet jesus train you know what i mean oh hopefully we'll get our boys in germany and we'll get you over there hey i'm about it i love germany like i said y'all over there bring me over i'm trying to get this european tour started because uh Fuck yeah that'd be cool i love playing live music and i love Every so Europe and Australia actually have the craziest hip hop shows in the world. Like those kids come out in droves they for live music, and I want to get in on that. Right? <laughs> I would love to come. I'll tour Germany, France, Spain, England. We can run it. I'll go across Northern Europe, Norway, Sweden, Iceland. We can we can set it up. I promise. Get in touch with me. Fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, Ratchet Jesus. On everything. You can ask Google. You can ask Siri. Actually, I prefer it. I don't know if y'all know this, all y'all listening, but all your friends who make music or art if uh, or podcasts, they actually get paid more per stream if played through Siri. No shit. So, if played through Siri? Yeah, or Alexa, or really? Hey Google. Like, if you play it with voice command, we get paid more per stream. Hey retards, play it through Siri. Right. All you iPhone users out there, Apple Music pays me 12 times more than Spotify switched. Oh, wait. No, I can't plug iPhone. I can't plug Apple. They'll sue me. Right. I'm trying to help y'all out. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, when you, whenever you're playing any of your artists, your favorite podcasts, your favorite whatever, right? Use that voice activation. I know it's a conspiracy that they're trying to track our voices and map them all. And, Pretty sure they already have it. But they already <laughs> have it. Let me just tell you, the NSA has all your shit already. Get over it. Um, <laughs> use it, right? It helps us out immensely. Um, it helps us up the algorithms. It helps us get up in the, in the, in the, in the lists, you know what I mean? Of, oh, the ratings. And all the ratings. So, yeah, do it that way. For, help us out. Um, otherwise, you know, hit up my... Social media, get it there. If you want to be a, if you want to be a hater, and pay me one tenth. 
or these guys one tenth. Uh, we'll Hit it up through tenth. Siri. I'm telling y'all, it's the way to go. We'll take anything we can get right now. Hey, I'm saying we, we like it, that drunk girl at the party. Hey, <laughs> fuck me, I don't care. Fuck me, I don't care. It'll be fine. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks, bitch. <laughs> That's cold blooded, but I like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, otherwise, I got another album coming out this year. Um, I'm working on it right now. It's called Nowhere Sounds, and it is an exclusively Wyoming artist compilation. Fuck yeah. All the producers, nice. all the features, all the singers, everybody involved in this album is from the 307 right here in Wyoming. So, um, or if, if they don't still live here, they, they're from here. So, um, it's fucking awesome. I can't wait. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going farther out on a limb than I ever have as an artist on this album. I'm working um, in different genres. Uh, I'm working in rock and country and blues, and I'm getting. Well, you got the you got the voice for some blues. I get oh, down thank with you. that. Thank you. And uh, I'm working with some some artists that aren't part of hip hop necessarily, um, instrumentalists, um, country country artists, rock artists. We're getting. I'm gonna delving deep into this, and we're gonna make something that only Wyoming can make. Fuck yeah! That's my. That's my goal for this next project. So. It'll be the sounds of sheep getting raped. Hey, <laughs> look, joking. you think I won't sample it. You think I won't sample the sheep rape. Hey, can we actually make rape jokes if they're about sheep? Is that... I, I don't know. <laughs> what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Uh, call the ACLU. <laughs> get Sarah McCoy. Dude, that was, whatever name that was a complex joke right there. That was I would, funny. I would like you got that. Laugh. <laughs> that one... That one should be on the highlight reel, right? Yeah, it probably will be. We'll probably clip some of the stuff and put it towards the front. But yeah, no, we. Uh, I like. Um, I can't wait for this one. Honestly, I'm only a couple songs into it right now, and I'm in just discussion with some artists from around the state in different genres, and uh, I can't wait. I'm, well, I'm very excited. I've been working with a couple of my producers in the state, and it's got a little little samples of the beats that I'm working on with them right now. And fuck yeah, oh my God, I'm getting chills just talking about it. So. Fuck yeah. But anyway, for right now, though, hashtag and Magic Not Miracles. Go get both my albums everywhere. Um, download them. Bump them for your friends. Sound banks on Instagram, TikTok, all of it. If you really want to help out your artist friends, man, use their sounds on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We're all, if, if, you're, distrib- if you're distributed, you're in the sound banks. So help us all out, you know, Fuck not yeah. just me. I'm, I, I want all my I want all my people to make it. I want all my friends to get paid. I want everybody to stop working traditional jobs right. and do what they love. Just overbroke. Just yeah. Just so look. Job stands for it. Don't it don't even matter if if you make just enough on what you love to live. It's better than killing yourself at something you hate. That is true. Yep. Just, that's one hundred percent true. I can't. I'll I'll work a. I, I like bartending. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like work. I just get to talk shit. Serve people alcohol. That's what, one of my day jobs. People watching. But yeah, it's people watching. You know, it's I get a, best. I get to make up my own story sometimes if they're from out of town. I'll just freeball it, make up a whole fake backstory. Fuck sometimes yeah. I'll make up their whole fake backstory and treat them as such. Like it's not, it doesn't feel like work. You know, right. I'm bringing these people liquor and they're bringing me money. It right. works out great. Fuck yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, I, 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 I think that I encourage all you listening to just. Do the things you love to do, and whatever it takes for you to do them, handle that shit. Because that's what it. Don't be afraid to fucking talk. Talk to somebody. Open up. <coughs> Never. All the men out there, share your feelings. You missed this. Yeah, we got deep. Yeah, we got yeah. De- we got a little deep. 
is right up your alley. It's, right. one of my, it's one of my favorite things like to talk about, honestly, is that I want all my brothers out there to know that like people do care mm. and you're allowed to open up. You're allowed to be weak. It's not you, Mike, because you're a little bitch. Yeah. My wife doesn't like it when I get drunk and then open up. Yeah, no. She open w- up otherwise. Like, she's trying, open up. Like she's just trying to get you to open up, up sober, man. That's right? it. She just wants, she wants some of them sober loving thoughts. No. No, I don't keep do all, that shit. I keep well, all that wait till up. I take six shots. Exactly. Well, next time we have you on, I'll make sure to get some good bourbon for you. <laughs> oh, shit. You just want me to black out on air, don't That's you? Fuck, dude. <laughs> That's what we're about. I mean, look, if, it, if it's good bourbon, I'm not going to say no, but I, w- I just uh, want everybody to know I'm going to announce on air when I'm blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I'm not going to remember anything after this point, so uh, buckle up. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. I'm, hey, I'm glad we, we were able to make this work. Hey, guys, thanks for time. having me. Like, honestly, I can't wait. And I love conversations like you and I had, even though Mike had a flake out. It happens. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll forgive it this time, Mike. Next time, you know what I mean? I'm going to bring out the fuzzy handcuffs next time. Ooh. Okay, just don't do it in exactly one month. Like we'll, we might, we'll, we'll, the doctor again, look so. when we get Mike all bonges up, we'll get this video stream too. Fuck we'll, yeah, that's the that's the next piece of equipment we're buying. <laughs> we'll get the video stream popping, and then all of a sudden we'll have a bunch of fetishists in the lobby, and nice. <laughs> Mike's butthole being auctioned yeah. off. Auctioned off. Bidding starts at thirty eight cents. Do I have forty? Forty. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ratchet, it was a pleasure having you. We'll do it again. Hell yes, gentlemen. Everybody, go find a shit. And if you're not gonna find it, just download it anyways to help mm. them out. And I mean, you'll like it. I like I like I said, I, I don't just do hip hop. I mean, that's the core of what I do. But I have something for everybody. Like, whatever your genre of music is, whatever you like, I you can't get through one of my albums and not find a song you like, I promise. Even if Fuck you don't yeah. like hip hop and rap. Cause I don't just do hip hop and rap. <laughs> I like to sing. I do poetry. Ooh. I can see you doing some poetry. My first album, there's a poem on that bitch called Hoetry. Oh, really? Yeah. So I listened to a few My of your girlfriend songs. hates that poem. <laughs> I listened to a few of your songs before you came on. I liked them. Thank you. Thank you. They, uh, well, we'll, we'll save it for the next one. Yeah. But we'll end it right there. It was a good time. Mike, anywhere? I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was a great time. Oh, that's right. You I, weren't here, bitch. I had a blast. I'm <laughs> only here half the time. Anyways, everybody, go check us out on our Facebook, Instagram, all that bullshit. We're going to be start doing TikToks because that's the gay thing to do. And then we'll probably start. Really getting hardcore on in our Instagram. Dude, TikTok's a good time. I just... I get, I get it. It took me a while, too. I'm just telling you. TikTok's a good time once you, you figure it out. You got a kid to go pick up, and if you start me on TikTok, you'll never go to your kid. Look, <laughs> I'm just telling you. Don't, worry, don't be afraid of it. All right, everybody. Thanks, guys. Peace out.